It's time for the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker, author of two best-selling books, and the president of three financial companies. He's been a guest on national media outlets such as CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. This is the Wealth and Health Show. Well, welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. We're joined today with a special guest, and we also have uh, Danny, my partner, Wall Lasser & Company, one of our companies, joining us. Our special guest today is Chris Dyer. He is the broker owner of Ebstone Realty, and we're going to dive into this week the idea of the real estate market and some of the things that we need to be looking at to make sure that we can ensure that you have a great experience when you buy and sell a home. And how to really make money well in real estate and some pitfalls to avoid. We're going to talk about all these different things. But Chris, first, let me just say welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. And Danny, thanks for taking the time from uh, you know doing all your tax strategy to join us as well. Always great to be on the show, Michael. Yeah. you know, Folks, we're going to have a great show today. You're going to learn a lot. So if you've ever bought real estate or if you've thought about buying real estate or you own real estate and you want to sell it or just interested in learning more about real estate, this is going to be a great show for you to tune into. If you've missed us in the past, and this is your first show, or even if you've joined us in, in times past, you'll know that the Wealth and Health Show really is designed to share value and really hopefully add value in a lot of different ways, not just from the perspective of financial, but also health side. We've had different level C-level execs to entrepreneurs, internationally renowned artists, to a variety of different leaders of different companies in the country, as well as different doctors and holistic experts talking about how can we stay healthy. So if you've missed us in the past, I'm going to encourage you to go to leanonthewall.com. Just like you're leaning on a wall, leanonthewall.com and check us out. You can check us out. Obviously, I have three different financial companies, and what we focus on really is managing and protecting wealth in any economy, as well as uh, you'll be able to click on the Wealth and Health Show to listen to previous shows. The show is also on iTunes, so if you're an Apple uh, you know, kind of follower, if you will, go ahead and download Wealth and Health Show. Search it that way on your podcast, and you'll be able to listen at any point in time there. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a variety of other stations and other places. So without further ado, I guess let's jump right into the show, because, you know, the real estate market, Chris, in a lot of ways is a place where, you, you know, you kind of find people making a lot of money, and then you find other people that are just kind of, you know, kind of getting buried or not really knowing what to expect, I guess, kind of entering into the market unaware of, of what they should be really looking at. So I know that you've been in the game for quite some time. And I'll give you just folks, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background of Chris. You can kind of lay out why we decided to have him in. He has been in for several years now. He's been in the top 1% really in the nation in the past as far as uh, real estate agents, uh, selling of real estate in, in the country. So he's really a leader in his class. He has Kind of an interesting background, which kind of appealed to me. He was actually a lender for a couple years first. So he had the opportunity to kind of behind the desk and watch a lot of deals go through as he was in the process of helping people, helping clients, you know, really just kind of get to the place where they would be approved for a loan to buy real estate, buy a home, whatever it may be. So he's seen the inner workings of this process, and then he's branched out and for over 15 years now really uh, been in a situation where he's dived into the real estate market and become an expert there. So I wanted to have him on because I just thought there's a lot of insight we can share. Chris, tell us real quick, if there's anything, first off, I missed about your background, feel free to share, number one. But number two, tell us maybe a few things that you have seen as you've worked in the real estate industry extensively for the last really almost 18 years as you've been a lender as well. 
where people are making mistakes or just they're not sure of what to look for when they're jumping into this industry? Well, first of all, Michael, again, it's a pleasure to be here. I think you did a great job on the introduction. I have been in the real estate sector for a little over 18 years, starting as a lender. And I found myself gravitating more to people because my family has been in real estate for over 20 years. So with that, I saw people make good decisions and bad decisions mm. with that along the way. You know, I remember it wasn't that long ago that the government was offering financial incentives for people to buy homes. And though that was a bonus and really nice, that's not the reason to buy a home is an extra three or four or eight thousand dollars. So if somebody gives you incentive, you shouldn't just go buy a house. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't make that the number one piece of, yeah. of the criteria. Definitely not. Exactly. Definitely yeah. not. But but what we saw in the marketplace at that time was there was a big uptick for two months, mm. but then it came crashing back down right after as we were trying to get back on our feet after the housing collapse that we had. And I talked to those people today who I didn't work with, who they work with somebody else, and they regret that decision, mm. but the regret cost them thousands more than what they got in that incentive. Hmm. So I love helping people make good decisions today. And that's really why I love real estate. Hmm. Okay. And Danny, I know uh, obviously you're, uh, and we're working together, third company, Wall Lasser and Company, Advanced Advanced Tax Planning, and then Wall Financial Group, Retire Weller, you know, management of wealth. But I know you had some extensive history in the legal side because you're an attorney as well and doing some real estate deals and that sort of thing. What's maybe one or two things that you've seen of just people making mistakes, you know, that, as Chris said, could cost them thousands in, in real estate? I've got kind of a different perspective than Chris, which is, is good, I guess, to, you know, share with you guys. But mine has been mistakes as far as on the tax end, mm. because especially when the prices dropped and there were all these incentives, you know, people were just going out and buying, 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 thinking, hey, I'll just, you know, sell it, flip it, sell it, you know, and a lot of times people don't realize the tax ramifications behind what they're doing, whether it be buying homes for rentals, whether it be buying homes to try and renovate them and sell them. Those are things that can have huge tax ramifications on these people, and they don't know it. And down here, especially in Florida, I mean, we have, you know, there's we have offices, obviously, in Florida and Pennsylvania, but in Florida right now, it's not as much now because prices are up right now, mm. but they were just buying, buying, buying to try and flip and didn't realize the huge tax ramifications, if not structured appropriately. And that's kind of something that I saw from my end one of the biggest mistakes that people were making is just not planning in advance and just buying when, you know, when the market goes down, buy, buy, buy. And yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's not, not good planning. Yeah. And so Chris, let me ask you this question. Maybe we'll just kind of start with the basics for everybody. And folks, again, we're going to get into a variety of different things this show, including, you know, how to add more value to your home, uh, how to avoid big mistakes, big pitfalls when buying and selling and a variety of other things a little later on. But let's start with the basics because, you know, everybody, when they go out to buy or sell a home, you know, typically people aren't going and knocking on doors anymore and saying, hey, you know, I really like your home. <laughs> you know, I'd like to buy it from you. If you're ever interested, you know, let me know. Now that happens from time to time. I actually am in the process of, of doing that from knocking on a home. But all that to be said, most people use a real estate agent to some degree. So help us understand, you know, first off, what is the difference? A lot of people hear the term broker and agent or broker and owner, you know, real estate agent, whatever. What are some of the basics as far as just definitions for people? And number two, what should people look for? Uh, really, what is the role of an effective real estate agent uh, or helper, if you will, coach when people are looking to buy real estate? Okay. So the first question is a definition of maybe an agent compared to a broker. Yeah. And it comes down to education level. You know, an agent has to hang their real estate license with a broker. So there is a broker of record for the company. 
and they are to oversee all of the agents. An agent who wants to get their broker's license but not open up their own company would be a broker associate. They would mm. be under the broker still, but typically a broker is somebody who's an entrepreneur, somebody who wants to uh, cast their vision on how they want to do real estate and they want to hire agents who fit with that. And you're finding anywhere from a boutique brokerage, maybe a one broker or a few a few agent shop to you know, big companies that are 100,000 agents under multiple brokers, but under one broker for the company. Okay. Uh, but education level, I think, is a, a big differentiator there, is that uh, a broker has a higher level of education and understanding in the marketplace, but also on the liability side. Okay. So now that we, we kind of have that down, so we understand that. So brokers typically are, and again, folks, you know, as, as he mentioned, you know, whether you're looking at a big firm or more boutique shop or whatever it may be, and what category would you maybe consider yourself more boutique? It's kind uh, of my I'm, feel. I'm a boutique, um, and I prefer it that way. Yeah, me yeah. too. You know, and I, I thought you were, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you in. And, and the reason I wanted to have Chris, folks, is because I'm a big believer, you know, the fact that a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. I know, Danny, we've talked about that sometimes in the past. And so the benefits that I really believe that you get from a boutique shop Typically, that's going to be a little bit more of a higher net worth type client. It's going to be a client that's buying maybe a little bit more expensive real estate. But it's something where the service and the value is going to be much greater. And I know that we take that same position in our firm. We're more boutique. We're not a transactional processing. You know, we want to build a relationship. So if somebody's out there, you know, maybe maybe Chris's firm is right for you. I don't know. By the way, the name of his company is Ebstone Realty, and that's E.B. Stone Realty. You can go to ebstonerealty.com to check him out. But if somebody's out there and they are looking for an agent, what are some of the parameters that maybe they should look at? And then how should that agent slash broker, whatever, connect with them? What should people expect, I guess, is what I'm, what I'm asking. And looking for is a great question. So I'll give you a stat first. Okay. So this stat is from the National Association of Realtors. And it says this, that 69% of buyers and sellers pick the first agent that they meet. Hmm. And I don't know about you, but I don't think that's probably a good thing. <laughs> right. I think people should spend time looking for an agent broker, mm -hmm. right, who has them first, mm -hmm. who's going to put uh, just to be a, a great listener, who's going to listen to what their goals and expectations are. You know, you picking up the phone because you want to see a piece of property, an agent meeting you at the property, showing it to you. I don't know if that's the best strategy for the buyer. I think the best thing is to begin interviewing agents, uh, call agents. Online, I mean, goodness, uh, online is everything in real estate today. Mm. And take time to put that plan together. Mm -hmm. As Danny was talking about, you know, if you don't have a plan when you're beginning to buy or sell, you're probably leaving a lot of money on the table mm -hmm. and that can be really, really painful. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea there, folks, I guess what I'm hearing you say, Chris, is just to be in a situation where, you know, maybe the first person you meet is the correct person, but maybe not. And it might make sense to kind of really sit down and say, okay, is this person really interested in my goals and what I want, or are they just there to make a transaction and a sale? And I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Is that pretty much? Yeah, totally. And, you know, certainly asking your friends or people who you trust who are, you know, have the same values that you do, asking if they have a referral mm -hmm. would be a good place to start as well, too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's good thoughts. Now, folks, one of the things that I want to share with you is we're going to talk about some myths uh, to debunk, we're going to kind of go through those. There was a little article that I saw on uh, Realtor Mag that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, like why you should never buy the biggest house on the street, always avoid avoiding certain things. And we're going to talk about that with Chris and Danny a little bit later. But at any point in time, if you have a question, you want to shoot out a question to Chris or us, 
in the process, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at lean on the wall is our Twitter handle at lean on the wall and shoot your questions out. And now, Chris, we just have uh, about a minute left here. So I want to ask just quickly about the idea of adding value to your home. I know that was one of the points that you had made as far as adding value to your home. And I think this is crucial as far as getting the maximum dollars out of your house. So what does that look like? And what are some steps simply you know, that people can do in about a minute, I guess, to do that. In a minute or less, I think you have to set your your mind this way. Where do you spend most of your time? Mm. And where you spend most of your time is where you should think about the future buyer. And if you're adding value for market, that's where you should start thinking about where I can add value. And then bring in a professional, a real estate agent, who can sit down with you well in advance and plan, here are the things we need to do. Kitchen, indoor, outdoor living, master suite, master bath, in any market, wherever you are in the country, those three areas are three great areas to start with. Hmm. I think that's good thoughts, you know, because a lot of times you think about, you know, put out the fresh baked cookies, light the candle, you know, <laughs> put put a little cake out there, eat a little candle, you know, all this stuff and just make it smell nice and all that. But you're saying let's dive a little deeper and really think about, you know, using the home as a home and really a place where people are going to entertain and enjoy life and what's the most valuable area there to really upgrade to allow you to get the best buyer so that's good thoughts folks we got to run we got a commercial break here but we're going to come back we're going to talk about some pitfalls and some other things you're not going to want to miss hang around and we'll be back right after this With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're joined today with a special guest, Chris Dyer. He is the owner, broker owner, I should say, broker, agent, owner, all those, all of the above, right, of Ebb Stone Realty. That's Ebb, E-B, Stone, Realty.com. You can check him out. He is uh, really had an extensive career. He's been in the top 1% in real estate agents in the nation, selling a, a bunch of homes over the years. And one of the things that, that's kind of unique to him is he started out in the lending field. So he's been in the game really about 18 years. And we're joined also today by Danny talking about real estate and all these exciting things about it. Now, we wanted to jump in this segment and just talk about the market. You know, the real estate market out there today, what do we see? What's trending? What it looks like? And I know that, you know, the history of the market over the last five years, you were saying the prices have increased in some markets 20 to 30 percent a year. Chris, talk to us a little bit about that as far as, you know, where the market has been, what we see, and if possible, can we do this kind of from a, a broad stroke? So that way, regardless of where folks are listening to this in the country, they can gain some value from it. What are your thoughts as far as the real estate market today? Well, I think it's always a good time to buy the right piece of real estate. Always. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the market is. It's always the right time to buy the right piece of real estate. And that's a quote from Gary Keller. And I believe that. But from a history, maybe the last 15 years of real estate, you know, we saw the buildup and the bubble burst in 07, and we were seeing 20 and 30% all across the country in that buildup. And then we saw the bottom fall out in 07, 
And then it didn't really bottom out until, you know, give or take where, wherever you are about 2011, 2012. Hmm. And then since then, we've seen big players come in the marketplace. Hedge funds have come in. Mm -hmm. uh, so big investment capitals come in all over the country. And we've seen confidence come back in the marketplace with first-time homebuyers, with people. And we've seen good appreciation the last couple of years. I think where we find ourselves in 2015 is in an inventory shortage. Mm. But we also have a lot of people who are staying on the sidelines because of confidence, because maybe their wages haven't increased. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing a lot of that, uh, but I think we're probably more stable at this point in time where some people may call it a seller's market because we have less than six months of inventory. But I don't think that sellers are getting over their asking price. I think they're, they're getting probably 93 to 95%, again, a broad brush uh, mm -hmm. in the marketplace right now. Now, tell me, when you talk about less than six months of inventory, you know, uh, I can put together in my mind what I think that means, and listeners could maybe... What does that really mean when you look at real estate in general? So an agent is looking at the absorption rate in the marketplace. And the absorption rate in the marketplace is basically if nothing new came on the market, which we know that's not going to happen, but if you froze the market right now, how long would it take to absorb all the current inventory in the marketplace? Hmm. And some places you know, around the country, you may find that we have eight months, which that six-month mark is the definition less would be a seller's market and more would be a buyer's market. I see. So if it's greater than six months of inventory, it's typically going to be a buyer's market. Right. And it's just kind of goes back to the old, you know, supply and demand deal, right? Correct. Basically is what we're looking at there. Okay. Now let's jump a little bit further into, so in your opinion, you think that, or you're kind of thinking that you're seeing stable market conditions for the real estate industry in real estate space in general. One of the things that I do know is, you know, I, I mean, obviously on the financial side, I believe we're at the the precipice of some market turnover financially. But I think the good thing about that on the real estate end, from my perspective, because, you know, on the investment side, we do, we are buying into some different non-traded investments, which encompasses real estate, you know, whether it be shopping center plazas or healthcare, medical office buildings, all these different things that are kicking nice yields. We're, we're seeing really seven, eight, nine percent a year on a regular basis, and we're off market. And it really goes along with some of the Harvard and Yale endowment models and, and theories and, and that sort of thing that's really made some nice returns over the years because you're off market, you own this hard asset, and it's really given us and our clients an opportunity to really you know thrive, if you will. So from that perspective, I think even that in and of itself is going to be another push that's going to allow real estate in general to continue to sustain. Now, my question on that note is, obviously, sustainability is, is one thing. Obviously, your boutique and, and your your shop, your firm, your company, I don't want to call it a shop, but really your company, and so you're working with probably a more boutique, niche, higher net worth type client. What do you think as far as the real estate market in general for just the average Joe? You know, somebody that's just making an average income every year. And I mean, do you see that renting is going to go up because they don't have the ability to purchase? What do we see there? There's a lot of sub-markets within that question. Mm. You know, if you're a millennial, you're 18 to 34, what the market's showing is that they're not really entering the marketplace. They prefer to rent. Mm. And forecasts have already decreased from 5.1 million millennials entering the market to buy next year. They're dropping that to 4.9 already halfway through the year. I think the baby boomers are probably rethinking how they want to buy real estate as well. You know, most of them are, are looking strongly at lifestyle and value and health and wealth and mm. They're trying to build around that. So I think this, I think that the consultative approach up front, 
really listening to what their goals are. Mm-hmm. If they're long term, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to go wrong if they, you know, buy with some of the principles of buying real estate. But if they're short term, they really have to kind of flesh out what that short term means for them. And maybe renting is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And when you say short term, they're maybe not looking for a long term buy and hold. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Well, it, it costs money to buy and sell real estate. There's a cost of, of selling and buying. And if someone's, you know, two years or less, uh, I usually advise renting. Mm-hmm. I would probably say less than five years. I typically encourage them to rent just for flexibility. Mm-hmm. If people have a job that they're just, I'm not quite sure how stable the job is. I encourage renting. Mm-hmm. So there's reasons why they need flexibility in their life. And when you buy an asset and you can't go long-term with it, uh, you need that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. And, you know, a lot of people don't think about that. They just say, you know, I want to kind of build equity. I want to build, you know, my hard asset value, whatever it may be. And so I'm going to go buy something where, you know, you might be in a place where it may not be advantageous for you to buy right now and where you are. So that's that's a good thought. So I know, Danny, you had some thoughts as far as trending markets and that sort of thing with real estate in general. Uh, share a few of those thoughts that you had mentioned earlier. No, what we were just talking about, I thought it was interesting that he brought up inventory. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as inventory. I think a lot of these, you know, the increase in prices, it seems like a lot of these builders today are more focusing on the affluent buyers. Mm-hmm. So you had talked about the average Joe, and it seems like the average Joe can't, you know, there's not a whole lot of inventory for them because there's not a lot of new homes being built for that market. At least that's what I've seen down here in Florida. So maybe, you know, that also has kind of spiked the prices down here, you know, my personal opinion, spiked the prices down here for those that are the millennials that are looking to buy at an average price. And all these new home builders are coming in and building these half a million plus dollar homes that these millennials can't afford. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of affected the markets in that aspect. So I, I don't know if that's something that, you know, that you have seen, Chris, as far as the inventory. Yeah, Danny, I I think that you're spot on with that. And I I think it goes back to when these builders bought that land. Mm -hmm. If they bought it at a higher point, the only option they have Mm. really is to turn it over for the most they can. And I think that is a big part. And I think that that affordable entry point in the marketplace is really underserved because of that. Yeah, that's that's great thoughts. You know, and, and folks, one of the things that I think of is, you know, you've heard of the term dollar cost averaging. A lot of people have heard of that before in relation to investments you know, buying a different stock, really what you're doing is you're buying a business at different prices to average out the cost. And I say all that to say, if you're an investor in real estate, you know, a lot of people don't think about the fact that you can actually dollar cost average real estate. You can really dollar cost average anything because if you look at it from the perspective of, you know, real estate, regardless of where it is, is going to be at different price points in different areas of the country. Number one, different areas of the country are going to grow at different rates. And, you know, if you're in an area where it's grown consistently for 10, 15, 20% a year for the last three, four, five years, it may continue to grow, but it's going to, at some point in time, have a little bit of a, a slowdown, a little bit of a turnover. But, you know, one of the things that I have seen is, you know, in general, money doesn't necessarily go away. You know, people are scared, oh, I'm going to lose all my money and all that, whatever. Money, money never goes away. It just moves. And you see that happen where, you know, when you look at Texas and you look at Austin or you look at Houston or you look at some of those cities there that are just exploding and have continued to explode even through the 08 markets. I mean, you go down there in those times, we work with clients in different parts of the country as well. And one of the things that I've heard is, you know, people say, what recession? I I don't know what you're talking about because it's just been in demand there. So that's important, folks. If you're buying real estate and you're an investor, it's always a good time. And maybe it's sometimes you want to be looking outside 
your little circle. You want to look and try and find a, a, a agent, broker, expert in the industry to help you in a variety of different markets. And that's where a, a good coach comes in. By the way, at any point in time, if you missed the first part of the show, feel free to visit us at leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And you can learn a little bit about us. Obviously, you can also visit Wealth and Health Show there. Click on that. You can listen to other parts of the show and, and shoot a question out to us. You got a question about the real estate market. You got a question for Chris or Danny or myself. Send us a tweet at Lean on the Wall. At Lean on the Wall is our Twitter handle. And we have just a few minutes left here for this segment. So I want to talk about the idea of, you know, a little bit more trending there, because I think that's important to help people really understand. I think, Chris, what I heard you say is really, you know, as far as subcultures of real estate, you know, you might have different, it almost sounds to me like, you know, you might be in a situation where the layering of real estate, maybe uh, houses and properties that are five, 800,000 plus, you know, kind of Danny, you were initially alluding as well to that, you know, might be in a place where they're kind of holding value. They're holding their value. They're holding their value because, you know, the higher net worth type clientele are going to have money. They're there they have it. They can buy, whether they're buying something for a million, two million, three million, four million, twenty million, whatever. You know, they have money, it's there. Whereas the younger buyers and maybe folks that are just trying to buy a couple hundred thousand dollar house, that pricing and that movement might change a little bit more. Is it safe to say that, you know, consistently we see within the real estate market in general, Chris, there is, you know, movement in different pieces on a pretty regular basis and, and they might be different one to another. Yeah, they're moving. You know, I'll go back to a point you made before about commercial real estate. So I read an article recently that real estate, residential real estate around a Starbucks mm -hmm. goes up in value, mm. right? Or wow. real estate around a grocery store, for instance, a Trader Joe's yep. increases faster than a Whole Foods, and both of them increase faster than your normal local chain. Wow. So these are amenities that people are looking for today, where I don't know if that's going to be a 20-year trend. It reminds me of the, uh, remember the movie, If You Build It, They Will Come, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they're coming, and they're yeah. choosing that. Mm -hmm. uh, I know for me, I take many business meetings at a Starbucks, mm -hmm. and you know, there are certain things that my wife and I look for in buying real estate, and amenities are right at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. And I think no matter where you are in asset class, Wealth-wise, there are certain things you're looking for. Transportation is always yeah. a big factor, depending on the market. You know, those things are important trends to be aware of mm. and to be in tune with as you're buying. Well, we live in a culture of ease. You know, we live in a culture of it's all about me in a lot of ways, which quite honestly isn't necessarily the best. But if you're going to capitalize on your real estate and your purchasing power and your power of actually growth in, in any particular market, I think those tips, Chris, that you mentioned are good to keep in mind. Because people are looking for convenience. And so be mindful of that, folks, if you're out there and you're looking to purchase something. You know, what are people looking at? If you're looking to buy something, hold it, sell it, whatever it may be. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of those pitfalls and some myths we want to debunk. Because we want to make sure you're educated so you can walk into your next deal or walk into your next sale or buy, whatever it is, and in the most advantageous way. Hang around. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. 
So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. We're joined today with Chris Dyer. He is the broker owner of Eb Stone Realty. That's E.B. Stone Realty. And uh, you can go to ebstonerealty.com. We want to keep it real simple for you folks out there. So if you missed that the first time, it's ebstonerealty.com. He was one of the and has been one of the top in the nation as far as real estate. He's been in the game for about 18 years. Really extensive experience, and we wanted to have him on as a guest because, hey, listen, real estate is something that we all interact with throughout our lives, whether we buy it, sell it, rent it, invest in it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're all interacting in some way, shape, or form with real estate. So anytime you can make a good deal, anytime you can be in a place where you can buy well, anytime you can be in a place where you're really uh, doing your research and homework in advance, it gives you the best opportunity to really position yourself in a place where you can make good money and really add value over time. So we wanted to talk about a couple big myths here. And Danny obviously is joining us as well to talk about the tax side of life. A couple big myths that we wanted to discuss here, Chris, is real estate myths that need debunking. And you know, a couple things that uh, there was an article here that I saw, and we talked a little bit earlier in a previous segment about this. By the way, folks, if you missed the beginning part of the show, feel free to visit us at leanonthewall.com. Leanonthewall.com. Click on the Wealth and Health Show. You'll be able to listen to that. The show is also on iTunes. So if you're an Apple fan, go to uh, your podcasts. Search Wealth and Health Show, and i got to search the whole thing, by the way, Wealth and Health Show, and you'll be able to click on that, see that, and download it, or you can just go to leanonthewall.com and check us out there. But anyways, uh, you know, we know, folks, you, you hear a lot of things. You know, you read articles, you read magazines, whether it's on the financial side, which is obviously where we, we do in managing protecting wealth, or whether it's on really anything. I mean, there's so much information out there, and a lot of false information out there, unfortunately. You know, there's a lot of people say things that, you know, it's just almost like uh, we live in a soundbite world. We live in a world where people can become instant celebrities, so to speak. And so they're in a place where with YouTube and, you know, Vimo or Vimeo, I guess, and with Facebook and all these different things, you can share thoughts, Twitter, and, you know, people say, hey, check this out, check that out. But they may not necessarily be experts. They may not necessarily have had a lot of time in an industry and really uncovered an industry. You know, and I know that I experienced that a lot, even on the financial side. I've been in the game about 15 years. And a lot of times, Chris, you know, when I sit down with people, they're just kind of going from, you know, agent to agent or watching a commercial. And that's how they make their decision instead of really sitting down and saying, okay, let's carve out a plan. Obviously, that's one of the reasons we're boutique and higher net worth, million plus typically. I know you're boutique. I love that about you guys. So let's talk about some myths that people have heard in the past. And that is, you know, one that just rings true. I think we hear it all the time. Never buy the biggest house in the street. So is that a myth or is that something people should really, you know, kind of abide by? I would encourage people to really abide by that. It's mm. a cardinal rule. Now, you may do it because you love the house, mm. but if you're looking for a return on your money in mm. any way, shape or form, or you're looking for, hey, I think this is a good decision financially, I would say that's not the thing to do because you're setting the pace for everybody else. So mm. all of the smaller homes are all riding your coattails. I see. I see. So it's it's almost like racing, drafting, right? 
I mean, you yeah. want you want to be in a situation where you are utilizing as less fuel, uh, right, energy as possible. And that's you know, if you've ever seen, I'm not a big NASCAR fan. I know there's a lot of people out there that love love NASCAR, <laughs> but you know, folks, if you watch it, one of the things you'll know is one of the great ways to make a pass is to draft behind someone else for a little while because you're kind of just falling in line. You can even see that if you're driving behind tractor trailers, you can you know encounter some of that. You'll see your gas mileage go down. Now, what I'm not suggesting, folks, a little alert there, do not ride and tailgate tractor trailers. <laughs> That's not what I'm suggesting you do here. So biggest home in the street, so cardinal rule there, don't do it unless, and you mentioned that, unless you just love the house, you don't care about resale per se, and you just want to be there. And I think that's an important note because a lot of times, you know, people are thinking about resale, resale, resale. But what if you just want to be there a long time? Really, really important. Now, there's another thought here, and that is the idea of, you know, folks often think that when they are, you know, refurbing a house or remodeling and that sort of thing, that, I mean, everything in our own opinion is always worth more to us than it is to the person. A lot of times buying and selling, you know, you might do a wall and just put gold lace all over this and you know you may love it but someone else may hate it so remodeling and you're going to get all your money back your thoughts on that are what uh never it never it never works that way you know if you're going to remodel for your personal enjoyment like michael just shared if you're remodeling for that purpose it is what it is mm. right but if you're remodeling for value for for a return on your investment you got to be really careful and wise about how you spend your money doing that yesterday i was at a property and we were talking to the agent who had the listing, and there was a neighbor who'd come over, and she had put $150,000 into her condo, but the condo was only worth 400000 Wow. So it was very clear in the conversation, and she knew it, that it was for her enjoyment, not for resale value. Yeah. So I think the big key there, folks, is if you're looking to remodel your home, you got to look at it, I think, from two perspectives, right? You know, the first perspective is, number one, why am I doing this? And am I doing this because... You know, I want to enjoy my space more thoroughly, or are you doing it because you want to enhance it for resale? So I think those are probably two ways to classify and, that. And both are totally fine. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. that's exactly right, because it's your deal, ultimately. Right. So that's what matters there. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Here's another one kind of interesting. It says to sell quickly. You know, a lot of people, when they put their home in the market, they want to sell quickly. I know, Danny, you just had an experience. You sold your home. Too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and let's talk, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, I think it's important. Obviously, you're an attorney. I did not say you were an expert in buying and selling real estate, but you are an attorney and, and you're an expert in taxation. So that's the good thing. You got you to know what you're good at. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience. You sold your home. It sold quickly. Tell us about that. You don't have to get into the numbers and stuff, but what's Too the... Too quickly. No, yeah. I, I lived out in an area that has kind of been a little bit of a hot spot for uh, buying real estate lately, again, because of a somewhat of a lack of inventory in that area. So I'd listed my home at a price that I knew was a good price for the home. Uh, we listed it on a Thursday night. It sold the next morning almost for the exact cost I wanted in cash, and then I had two firm backup offers. Clearly listed it a little low. Yeah. <laughs> so the key was, because, you know, I, I tell you, you know, Chris, obviously, as you work with, uh, you know, buyers and sellers in the market, it's something where, you know, when somebody, when somebody has a real estate property and they list it, obviously the goal is they want to, they don't want to be a year in and trying to sell it. Right. So what does that look like as far as kind of trying to find the right balance when you list your property? It's important to realize what is the market doing for you and your home. It may be that your product, what you're offering the market is a 
year market time to get mm-hmm. full market value, mm-hmm. or it may be a 30 to 60 day market, you know? So it's important to realize where your home, your price point is in the marketplace and how soon it should move so that you have an idea. Are you underpriced if something comes in really quickly or are you overpriced where no one's showing it, no one's coming to look at it and you have no offers to even talk to? Yeah. So I think there you're kind of just the idea of having a realistic outlook, right? Now, that's the big problem is, is I think a lot of times, and this is where people get jaded. I know in the financial world, I speak to that because that's what I do. But I know in the financial world, you know, when I meet with folks, and we sit down and we do a, a living well review. It, we, you know, they've been jaded by the industry because they're saying, you know, they're, they're meeting with somebody and whether it's a larger firm or a smaller firm, whatever, they've met with people before that have said, hey, they've really overpromised and underdelivered, you know. And uh, so people expect certain things. And then when they're in a place where they really actually then encounter as we sit down and create a plan specific to them, it's almost like, wow, I can't believe how often I get. I've never been that deep with anyone in the financial field ever. And it amazes me because these people have been in and they've been living life for, you know, 40, 50, 60 years plus sometimes. And and this might be a little red flag. You know, if you're dealing with an agent that just says, oh, hey, I can get that sold for you in a month or two weeks or, you know, I'm, we're going to sell it for you in a, you know, X period of time. And it almost sounds too good to be true. You know, it probably is. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's some people out there who will uh, overpromise, and then they'll come back two weeks, three weeks later and say, I think we overpriced it. Let's mm-hmm. do a big price reduction. Mm-hmm. And that feels horrible. I mean, it really means you missed the market completely. And the highest amount of traffic on your home is the first 30 days you're on the market. Yeah. So it is really important to get the, the right agent, the right outlook, the right perspective, and then give it the proper amount of marketing time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're in a place, folks, where you, as you sit down with someone like a Chris or, or, or you know, anyone else in particular, really, that is really boutique and exclusive to help you with your needs, you know, one of the things you want to do is have that correct outlook. If your home for the price point you want, is, as was mentioned there, Chris, is a year sale, then you got to mentally, you know, work your mind around that. This is going to take a year to sell this home at this price roughly, because if you're not thinking that way and you want out sooner, then that means you're going to have to accept less than you originally wanted. Now, you didn't necessarily want to be out, you know, in a day, Danny, but at the end of the day, that's what happened because maybe it wasn't priced, you know, as adequately as it should. We're not trying to throw any stones here, but it's just the reality of the store because that's what happened. So, in that case, maybe in Danny's case, if she had somebody that was diving in a little bit deeper, maybe she would have had a little bit better outcome possibly as well. So let me ask you this question. There was a thought here, another myth, Chris, that said, to sell quickly in this market, you must have the most popular features that buyers are seeking. True or false? I'm going to go with false on that one as well. And I'll tell you this, you know, when it comes to buyers, you have to think about who is your buyer. Hmm. In the market you're in. So again, let's go back to that story about the condo and the woman who would put $150,000, you know, in that particular building, intercoastal views, really nice. The homes that are selling faster in that marketplace are the ones that have not been renovated. Hmm. Really? Because those buyers are turning over at a younger age and they want to renovate it their way. So the ones who would put money into it, yes, they're making more money on the sale of it and buyers are paying more, but they're taking longer to sell. Hmm. Okay. So that's an interesting thought, and that's probably a good thing to evaluate as well, folks, because you know you might want to kind of improve your space for the sale, but as you mentioned there, you know the person buying your property may say, you know what, I know you improved it, but it has nothing aligned at all with my taste. You know, I don't like stainless steel anymore, or I do like stainless steel, or I don't like granite, or I do like granite, or you know all these different things. So that's that's really important. 
Now, I wanted to talk a little bit later in the show. We're going to talk about, you know, you see all these shows all the time on TV. <laughs> you know, come join our session. I know, Danny, you know, we were talking about that earlier. And you're an avid showgoer, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, no, I, but we hear, I mean, I hear these things, Mike, on the radio all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so you hear that all the time, folks, is come to this show, learn how to sell real estate, learn how to be a professional. You can do it with no money down. You don't need any money, no experience, no nothing. And you're almost saying, is that too good to be true? Well, we're going to talk about that next time, as well as two things that you need to do to really maximize success in real estate. Hang with us. We'll be back right after this. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Well, welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. Boy, we're having a great show today. If you've missed the first couple segments, we're interviewing... Uh, Live in studio here, Chris Dyer. And Chris, I'm so glad you could join us. He is the broker owner of Ebstone Realty. That's Ebstone, ebstonerealty.com. He uh, has been in the top 1% of realtors in the nation for a little while now, and he's in a place where he's been in the game for about 15 years, lender first. Danny's joining us talking about tax ramifications in relation to real estate. We've talked previous about some pitfalls and some things to allow you to really fare well. We've talked about markets and how the markets trend and, and what we see, what our outlook is in the future. And obviously the goal is to have experts on like Chris to share thoughts. So that way you, the listener, can uh, really be armed to be in a place where you can have the best outcome in whatever you're doing. At any point in time, if you missed the first parts of the show, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com, leanonthewall.com. And I typically don't do this, but if you're in a place because markets have been so choppy and you're fearful and you're concerned about your situation, feel free to give us a ring. We're happy to kind of see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. That is 866-943-2351. Keep in mind, we are boutique. Typically, our clients are about a million plus, depending on where you live and all of that. So let's jump right back into, we wanted to talk this segment, Chris, about a couple things. And the first is the shows, you know, the shows, radio, TV that you see here all the time talking about... <laughs> you know, buy this, sell that, no money down, you know, we'll teach you how to be a real estate expert in, you know, two hour class, you follow our system and all of a sudden you're an expert and you're making $10 million a year and, you know, you're living on your yacht and you don't have to work anymore and you're working three hours a week and life is just great, right? I mean, it's that, <laughs> we hear that all the time. You, you've heard, What are your thoughts when you see that stuff? You know, I've done a lot of work in the uh, in the bank space with bank-owned property and corporate clients, and uh, we get a lot of calls from people who I can tell they were up at 2 o'clock in the morning watching that infomercial, and I kind of go through some qualifying questions with them. I remember uh, years ago, I'm a big football fan, hmm. and uh, this person had retired. And who's your favorite team? Washington Redskins. Oh, uh oh there I'm a Redskins guy. Okay. Uh, we're on tough I, I'm, I'm from Steeler Nation, by the way. That's that's grew up there, so I gotta I gotta you know abide by that. So it's yeah. all good. We're a just, great team, but yeah, uh, we, we've we've had a, a tough go at it for yeah. a long time. <laughs> um, that's true. We have a few more rings. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 
and this person used to play on that team, you know, an, an mm -hmm. athlete from that team. And I'm like, this is fantastic. And, mm -hmm. and he had fallen into that trap mm -hmm. where he felt that he could hit a home run every time and make enormous amounts of money. And it was difficult to kind of explain to him that it just wasn't going to happen that way. And here was a strategy that we employ and that he, he, he and I just didn't see eye to eye on that and it didn't work out. So what type of damage, because really that's, I mean, that's in my opinion, you know, it ends up creating damage. You know, even in our industry, you have people, the Ponzi schemes, and that's why I did a video. I actually did an interview with Fox, Liz Clayman, one of the hosts on Fox Business. I did an interview a couple years back talking about how to Ponzi proof your portfolio, mm. because, you know, that's kind of a black eye for the industry. And I wanted to kind of just share organically, what are some ways you can avoid that? So from this infomercial type stuff where people are just kind of trying to sell lead gen and all that type of thing, you know, and just make a profit on people coming and following their system, buying their system. What kind of damage do you think that does realistically to the overall market real estate wise? I think it does a couple things. I think, first of all, it puts buyers in the marketplace who are not realistic mm. and they're spending a lot of time spinning wheels. Mm -hmm. So I think people, it, it, affect, I mean, it affects the whole industry in the sense that if you're spinning wheels and not doing something, you're, 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 you're maybe on the market, but not in the market type mindset. I think that's one. And I think that they may every once in a while get something, but I think the reality is that money's not going where it should be going. Mm -hmm. I see. And I know, Danny, on the tax side, you've been in a place where you know, people have maybe bought in deals like that where they've, you know, maybe maybe they did get a qualification, you know, contacted the bank, get a qualification, whatever, and ended up buying something that they ended up, maybe they sold and they didn't make as much profit or they ended up paying more tax than they thought. And I know you've seen some of that in your real estate attorney tax transactions in the past as well, right? I have. And, you know, this is kind of a hot button issue with me. I really like real estate. It's kind of been, you know, something that I love to deal with down here because people are really into real estate down here. But if you're not careful with your real estate investments, that investment strategy is going to produce a sizable payoff for an unintended partner. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the IRS. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really careful. And down here, we hear things on the radio all the time about buying and selling flippers is what we call them down here. And flipping real estate can be great if you have the right plan. But if you don't have the right plan in place, there are a lot of unintended consequences and tax consequences that you're going to be facing. And the same is true for buying and renting out homes as well. If you don't have the right plan, you're also, you know, all of that, you know, income and losses that you think you're going to be taking, you they might just be sitting right there on the tax return and you didn't even realize it. So you have to really have a plan and it's not as easy as these people make it sound. They don't tell you about all these unintended consequences that happen. They don't tell you that your new partner is the IRS. Yeah. That's, you know, they, they don't want you to believe that. They want you to come in. They want to sell you something and they don't tell you about all these consequences. Yeah. And, you know, again, folks, if you're in a situation where you're, you're watching that stuff, I mean, you know, it's the old adage. I love the quote from John Maxwell. He talks about the fact that, you know, it takes a long time to become an overnight success. I, I was talking with some folks at Kohler, the Kohler company, a little while back, and we were just talking about different things. And I said, you know, sometimes I feel like in our industry, we've been very blessed, but in our industry, I feel like, you know, we just continue to lay groundwork as the firm and the companies that we have grow. And we, we work with clients across the country. And, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like you wish you were farther ahead or, or you know, whatever than you were, even though we're, we've done very, very well and praise God for all of that, really. But it's the idea of, you know, we're really in a relatively, you know, the scope of things. I've been in the game about 15 years, which is quite extensive. But yet at the same time, you know, I might have another 15, 20, 30, 40 years left in, in life. I don't know how long I'll be in the game, but, you know, certainly being young, just had a birthday a little while back. So I'm 38 now getting older. Ah, you know, what am I going to do? 
but really enjoying what I do. So when we take a look at this, I want you to expound on this a little bit for us, Chris, for the listeners, if you would. And that is two things. And if there's any other thing that popped into mind at the time, throw it in, please feel free. But two things to really maximize success in real estate. So folks, if you're listening out there and you've been listening to the show and you've kind of faded away, I want you to tune in right now because Chris is going to share with you two things to really maximize your success in real estate. Not our success, your success. We want you to be successful. I'm a big believer that the more successful people are with their deals, a couple things happen, regardless of what they're dealing in. A couple things happen. First off, there's more confidence in the overall market. Secondly, you've had a good experience, so that allows you to have a better mood (laughs) for your day and happier for people around you, hopefully. And thirdly, you're in a place where hopefully you're making the money that you need to make so you can really enjoy life and and do things with your family that you really want to do and all those things. So tell us about those things to really maximize uh, success in in a real estate market. So there's a lot of things, but to boil it down to two, and I think the two that come to my mind or the first one, and Danny's been talking about it already, is having a plan. Mm. You know, you got to have a plan. And, and I really think to have an effective plan, you have to have multiple people at your table and different people are rotating through that table, right? It would be really, really wise to have a tax planner, you know, there for you to, to kind of strategize with you of implications. Even if it's your primary residence, there are still implications of that. Investment property, same thing. A financial planner. Mm. I mean, this is part of your big financial plan. So I think that would be really wise. A mortgage broker should be at that table with you. Um, a real estate agent should be at that table with you. And I really think maybe somebody else who is wise counsel in your life, who knows you, who is going to be an encourager, but also say, hey, hold on a sec. You know, I know you and I don't know if that's the best thing for you. I think all those people should be at the table at different points in time, maybe not all at one table at one time. But I do think that having all those people and you know, when you're about to make a decision, you may need to consult each of them mm-hmm. before you pull the trigger. That would be a really wise thing. So that's one. The second thing is emotions. You know, I have found the longer I'm in real estate, the more I have real estate agent, but I could put a whole lot of titles behind that counselor, pastor, shepherd, mm. friend, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I really find that I really counsel my clients through difficult times in their life sometimes, you know, I mean, if whether someone's going through a divorce, someone's going through a job relocation, you know, when people are selling property, there's an emotion tied to the house. Mm. And when they're buying property, there's emotion tied to the house. And I think we have to be really careful when we're making decisions and our emotions are high. Because when our emotions are high, our intellect goes way down. Mm-hmm. So it is an inverse relationship. And I think having, again, that, that team around you to kind of help you with those emotions and for you to be aware those emotions are happening too are both prudent things, I think, in, in making a good decision. You know, so look for the right coach, folks. And and I think, Chris, that's kind of what you're saying is you are sitting down and kind of being that coach for people. Uh, it's probably the role you take more than just helping, helping them buy and sell. And, you know, what should they list their house at and all that, right? Right. Absolutely. And the key emotion that I think comes up all too often is fear. Mm. There, there's a fear and fear can grip us in that process. Yeah. So by having that coach or coaches, plural, I think that when fear is identified, it can be removed. Yeah, I remember what Zig always used to say, fear really stands for nothing more than false evidence appearing real. So, you know, having someone else in your life that can help you guide you through those processes and times and all these sorts of things is helpful. Well, folks, we're kind of running out of time for today's show, but I hope you had a great time. Hope you learned a lot. Listen to it again. Go back on iTunes, search for Wealth and Health Show and re-listen to the show and make notes because, hey, at the end of the day, the more you apply, the better off you are. 
and the better decisions that you make. But Danny, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely, Mike. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Chris, we enjoyed you coming into the studio to record. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Michael. Absolutely. And of course, folks, at any point in time, if you want to learn more about Chris and his firm, Ebstone Realty, that's ebstonerealty.com. Just to learn informational, all that, feel free to visit them. And if you missed the previous shows, visit leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. If you want to check us out, reach out to us, feel free. And also click on the Wealth and Health Show. You'll be able to listen to previous shows. But until next time, here is to living well in any economy and having fun and enjoying life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, folks. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Information provided during the Wealth and Health Show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351.